The Apostle Paul in 2 Corinthians, the fifth chapter, in verse number 20, says, Therefore we are ambassadors for Christ. God making his appeal through us, we implore you on behalf of Christ, be you reconciled to God. One of the job descriptions for a Christian is to evangelize and make disciples. Whatever uh, we do to be an ambassador, and that means we seize every opportunity to do good to others, to help them, and to bring joy into their lives. This morning I ask you, has anyone ever said to you that you are, have been a blessing to me? That you've made my day? Whatever terminology is used, what they're saying is that you did something or you said something that made their day a little brighter. What lifts a person's spirits may be something very simple. It may be a smile. It may be a kind deed. But as ambassadors for Christ, we need to be looking for opportunities to show the others that Christ lives in us. We are Christ's representatives on this earth. What we do and what we say can either endear people to Christ or drive them further away from him. In Galatians, the sixth chapter, verse 10, Paul says, As we therefore have opportunity to do good unto all men, especially unto them who are of the household of faith. God supplies us opportunities. And it's our choice if we choose to seize these opportunities to, do, to help someone, or if we miss a chance to let our light shine, that God may receive the glory. Jesus said in Matthew 5, 16, Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. That's what Jesus was all about, was doing what the Father wanted him to do and glorifying him. We as ambassadors must do the same. What can I do to be an instrument for God? His ambassador to the world what can I do to brighten somebody's day? You know, the way we talk and the way the things that we talk about, the way we act, they all have an effect on people that we come in contact with. As I evaluate my behavior, I wonder, do I bring joy into the lives of people? Are they more depressed after I leave. Are they glad to see me when I come? Or do they dread seeing me come? It goes without saying, we, have const uh, we constantly must be mindful of our behavior, our attitudes, and the way we present ourselves to others. I want you to think about what an ambassador does. He is very calculated in his behavior. He gives much thought to the way that uh, he presents himself to others. He chooses his words carefully. His demeanor, his actions, his total efforts seek to be complimentary of the one that he represents. In short, the ambassador is what, what he does 
is he uh, does what the one he represents would do if they were present. And I want to discuss this morning some things that can help us improve and be more successful in seizing opportunities to do good to others. I believe everyone here wishes they could be more effective in helping lift someone's spirits. Say the right thing at the right moment. Be a shoulder of strength to bear, help bear someone's burdens. Or just be there for, to assist someone in a crucial time. I know that I do. And the fact is that everyone here can be, uh, help someone and uh, make a difference in their lives. Jesus said that the redeemed would be made up of those that saw opportunities to do good to their fellow man and uh, went to work and took care of their needs. These people did this automatically. They had prepared themselves to be that way. It was a second nature to them. And when Jesus told them in Matthew uh, 26, beginning with verse number 35, Jesus said, For I was hungry, and you gave me meat. I was thirsty, and you gave me drink. I was a stranger, and you took me in, naked, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you visited me. I was in prison, and you came unto me. These people said, When did we see you in this uh, situation? And Jesus says, Whenever you took the opportunity to do good to those, uh, the least of these, my brethren, he says, you did that for me. Christ ambassadors will do what they can, when they can. They will do as much as they can with whatever they have available to serve others and promote goodwill among people. Don't sell yourself short this morning. A simple kind deed, an encouraging word, or a smile may be the thing that makes a difference in someone's life, that lifts their spirits, that makes their day. Let me give you an example of what I'm talking about. In 2 Kings, the fifth chapter, beginning with verse number two, the Bible says, and the Syrians had gone out by companies and had brought away captives of, out of the land of Israel, a little maid. And she waited on Naaman's wife, and she said unto her mistress, Would God my Lord were with the prophet that is in Samaria, for he would recover him uh, of his leprosy. This young girl merely shared some information with the, uh, Naaman's wife. But this information was vital to Naaman's recovery from his dreaded disease. Don't you think that when hope revived in Naaman, that his spirits was lifted? We know the story how he refused to do what the prophet told him to do, and he went away angry. Now, had the story ended there, it would be a very short period of time, and Naaman would, would have died from this uh, disease. But... We continue reading in uh, verse 13 of Second uh, Kings 5. And his servants came near and spake unto him and said, My father, 
If the prophet had bid thee do some great thing, wouldst thou not have done it? How much rather then when he saith to thee, wash and be clean. You know, the combined efforts of the young girl and Naaman's servants made a difference in uh, Naaman's life. The young girl gave Naaman hope. His servants give him the encouragement he needed to make the right choice. The choice that would save his life. We also read in Acts the ninth chapter of a woman named Dorcas. It said whenever, after she passed away that many people came to mourn her. And the reason was that she had done so many things to help other people. We also read of a man in Luke the uh, 10th chapter that found a man that had been beaten and robbed and left for dead. He made a difference in that man's life. He took him, he bound up his wounds, and he carried him and put him uh, at a place where he could reco recover. This man did, uh, made this uh, man that was downtrodden, that he was uh, left for dead, made his life much better. It saved his life, in fact. And we could go on in, uh, with lists that the Scripture talks about, but I think you get my point. People need encouragement. They need godly answers to problems, and they need our help. You know, people can find discouragement anywhere. You remember Job, his wife, and his friends? Uh, his wife told him, says, Job, you're in such bad shape, curse God and die. His friend says, well, the reason you're in this shape is because you've done something bad. Job did not need that kind of help. We need to evaluate the effect that we have on people and determine whether we are encouragers or discouragers. When we honestly evaluate how we present ourselves, how we act around other people. If they dread seeing us come or if they enjoy us being around. When we honestly evaluate ourselves and the, uh, the way that we portray ourselves to others, we will have our answer. And I want to talk a little bit this morning about preparing to be an ambassador for Christ. In Daniel, the first chapter beginning with verse number eight. The Bible says, but Daniel purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself with the uh, portion of the king's meat, nor with the wine that which, which he drank. Therefore he requested the uh, prince of the eunuchs that he might not defile himself. Now God brought Daniel into, into favor and tender love with the prince of the eunuchs. You know, before Daniel uh, faced a challenge, he already had a plan. He mentally and prayerfully prepared himself to be successful. The Bible says that he purposed in his heart. He made a plan. Number two, he trusted God for guidance. The Bible says it paid off because God brought him into favor with the prince of the eunuchs. And finally, 
uh, Daniel put the plan into action. Daniel requested to the uh, prince of the eunuch. He says, I'm going to make you a deal. He says, let us eat what we've normally eat and drank for 10 days. And then you be the uh, judge whether we uh, do better on that, on those rations than on the king's meat. And says, you look at the ones that eat the king meat. And he says, you, you compare us after 10 days. So with God's help, Daniel's plan was successful. The Bible says after 10 days, the prince of the eunuch returned. And it says, in the end of the 10 days, their countenance appeared fairer and fatter than those that had eaten the king's meat. If we mentally prepare for success, jumped ahead of myself. If we mentally prepare for success, Continually ask God to guide us and to open doors for us. Then with purpose, go to work and put our plan in action. This formula will help us be successful as ambassadors for Christ. As we prepare for success, no doubt there will be changes that will be necessary to make. And I want to talk a little bit about our preparation. We will do our best work when we are not self-centered. We don't need to focus on ourselves. We need to realize that people need our help and encouragement. Preoccupation with ourselves will cripple our ability to see opportunities. Being self-centered will not only blind us to opportunities, but probably will eliminate them entirely. Our dispos- if our disposition is not attractive to people, if we're not pleasant to be around, it's a good chance we'll never have the opportunity to help them. If all we talk about is bad things around, that's going on around us, if all we talk about is how bad we have been mistreated, my question is how can we lift anyone's spirits? How can we make anybody's day brighter? How can we be an instrument to the glory of God? In Philippians, the second chapter, verse number three, the apostle Paul said, let nothing be done through strife or vainglory, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem other better than themselves. Look not every man on his own things, but every man also on the things of others. Let this mind be in you that was in Christ Jesus. Esteeming others more than ourselves. That's a challenge. That's not human nature. But when we show concern and care for others, that will be a magnet for opportunities. Putting others before ourselves will enhance our ability to see opportunities and take action. As Christ did this, he calls on us to do the same. Number two, cultivating a gentle disposition. Our disposition is directly related to
to how self-centered we are. If everything is all about me, whenever we have difficulties and problems, we usually become angry, feel sorry for ourselves, and complain. When this takes place, we don't, we don't ever think about anybody else. It's all about us. When this happens, our chance to let our light shine, has, uh, we've missed it. And it's for sure, as long as we're caught up in self-pity, we will not be able to lift someone else's spirits. We will not be able uh, to do them good. But you know, before we start this self-pity and saying, oh, woe is me, we probably would do good to listen to the words of David. In Psalms 103, verse 10, he says, He hath not dealt with us after our sins, nor rewarded us according to our iniquities. David reasoned that God had not dealt with us harshly, and he sure hadn't given us what we truly deserve daily. So the question that we should be asking ourselves is not, why did this happen to me? But why does this not happen to me every day? In Lamentations, the third chapter, verse number 22 and 23, the Bible says this, I recall to mind. Therefore have I hope. It is of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed. Because his compassion fail not. They are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. We are the object of God's mercies. And our outward disposition should reflect the joy that we have inwardly for the things that God has done for us. In Philippians, the fourth chapter, beginning with verse number four, Paul said, Rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say rejoice. Let your moderation be known unto all men, the Lord is at hand. The New International Version renders verse number five is let your gentleness be evident to all. I believe the idea Paul was trying to get across to us is that we need to have a gentle disposition, one that encompasses every aspect of our lives. Uh, our attitudes, our actions, our demeanor, all these things should reflect uh, Christ living in us. As a Christian, evangelism is our mission. Why would anybody want to be a Christian when all they see in us is negativity? Jesus' character attracted people. His disposition attracted people, even sinners. Jesus was all about doing good for others. And the Apostle Paul says, let this mind be in you that was in Christ Jesus. A disposition that draws people to us instead of driving them away is crucial if we want to be an ambassador for Christ. You know, Solomon wrote several Proverbs talking about the benefits of a positive attitude, a merry heart, being pleasant, 
Psalms uh, 17, 22, a merry heart doeth good like a medicine. Proverbs 15, 15, he that is of a merry heart hath a continual feast. Proverbs 14 and 30, a heart at peace gives life to the body. Being happy and having a pleasant disposition is not only good for our overall well-being, but it can be a great benefit to those we come in contact with. When we are around people that are unhappy and that are negative, we have a tendency to adopt those same attitudes. On the other hand, when we're around positive people that have a pleasant disposition, even if we have problems ourselves, it's just like a good medicine. They make us feel better. And when we are feeling better, we're temporarily distracted from our problems. That person has just become a blessing to us. They have distracted us from our problems temporarily. And it's a good chance that d distraction helped strengthen us, helped us gain our composure that we can go back to our problem and attack it with new, renewed strength and find a uh, solution to the problem. Number three, we must take control of ourselves. Paul said, let your gentleness be evident to all. This would indicate that we have control over the way that we present ourselves to others. Solomon said in Proverbs 23, verse 7, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. It's been said many times before that our heart is the place where change begins. Changing is not easy, especially if we have practiced and cultivated uh, bad traits or negativity or um, complaining. If we practice that for a long time, it's hard. It's going to be hard to change. It's not impossible, but it's going to be hard. The Bible says out of the abundance of the heart, our mouth is going to speak. It not only comes out of our mouths, but it shows in our overall demeanor. An unpleasant disposition will not influence people to seek our help, to find solutions to their problems. They may not even seek our company. A gentle disposition does not come naturally to most of us. It must be cultivated. You have heard it said, you are what you eat. The same is true of attitudes. What we have practiced for a long time is who we have become. Regardless of whether they're good attitudes or they're bad. What we practice becomes habit. And unfortunately, it's our bad habits that show. Without saying a word, people can tell what most of us are thinking by looking at our face or observing our body language. I'm giving this lesson this morning more to myself than anyone else. I have not mastered the control of facial expressions or body language. All I'm going to say is that I'm a work in progress. In 1940, C.S. Lewis wrote a letter to his brothers and observed, 
I begin to suspect the world is divided into not only the happy and unhappy, but those that lack happiness and those, as odd as it seems, that don't. You know the type of people that he was talking about. Those that are never happy. Those, those that complain about everything that's wrong. Everything is negative, And drama is a big part of their life. If negativity is what we project to others, it will prove to be a, a barrier uh, that will make it impossible for us to reach others and let our light shine. In Acts 26 verse 2, the Apostle Paul says, I thank myself happy, King Agrippa, because I shall answer for myself this day before the touching uh, all, th all things which I, whereof I am accused of the Jews. You know, I find it interesting that despite Paul's difficulties, that he could say, I thank myself happy. He considered himself fortunate to be able to stand before King Agrippa and answer uh, the, the charges that was brought against him. Paul's thought process was different from most of us. If we found ourselves in the same situation, no doubt there would be a lot of emotions going through our mind. It would probably be resentment, anger, fear, but being thankful and happy and content and feeling fortunate would not be among those emotions. His thought process had attained a level that he literally could think himself happy and consider himself fortunate that he was able to uh, answer the charges that he was facing. Paul had set his affections on things of the earth, uh, on, on things above and not on the earth. And I believe that's why Paul, Paul was able to maintain a level of happiness and contentment in spite of adversities. And as our spiritual growth increases, we can uh, be brought to this plateau ourselves. But on this plateau, there will be no room for negativity. Paul gives us a formula in Philippians 4 verse 8 that's going to help us achieve our goal. He says, finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, what's honest, what's just, what's pure, what's lovely, of good report, that's virtuous, that's praiseworthy. He says, think on these things. When we fill our minds with those things and dwell on that thing, the negative uh, feelings, the negativity that we're, we have in our minds is going to be pushed out. We cannot uh, get rid of the negative attitudes and thoughts without replacing it with something. I read an article by a preacher that started me thinking uh, about how I viewed life in general. He asked the question, are you a pessimist? He says pessimists see the negative in everything, every situation. They see bad things all around them and adopt an attitude like Henny Penny, the sky is falling. He gave an example, a pessimist sees a lemon and his response is lemons are sour. Whereas an optimist tries to see the positive in every situation. 
And when he sees a lemon, his response is, now I can make lemonade. He said an interesting observation about the first century Christians was that they did not go around saying, look what the world is coming to. Rather, they went out with joy and told the world, look what has come to the world. The fact is, they planned to be an ambassador for Christ. They planned to take the good news to people. They planned to do good to all men. And then they put the plan into action and went to work. We all know that change will require a, a, a change of mind. Paul said in Romans 12 verse 2 that if we're going to transform ourselves, we're going to have to do that by uh, renewing our mind. It's going to have to be a transformation of our mind, our way of thinking. You know, change may not come easy, but it isn't a complicated process. First, we're going to have to set our th affections on things of the earth. Um, pardon me, on things above and not on the earth. We must think on good things. We must prayerfully uh, put trust in God for guidance, that he will open doors to us. And then we're going to have to proceed positively. Change comes when we use these building blocks. And as we become more Christ-like, we will be better prepared to be a blessing to others. We will be better equipped to brighten someone's day. We will be better ambassadors for Christ. Jesus changes lives. He can mold us and make us into the people that we need to be. He can transform us into vessels of honor, vessels that are useful to him. Jesus is able to fill all of our needs and give us a joy like we've never known. You know, Jesus has given the world an invitation to come unto him. And his promise is, if we would accept that invitation, that he would cleanse us from all unrighteousness, that his blood would cleanse us, and he would give us a clear conscience. On the other hand, if a person has not come in contact with that blood, they cannot have the forgiveness of their sins, and they cannot have that clear conscience. This morning, if you have not come in contact with that blood through baptism. We want to encourage you to do that this morning. Jesus said, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come to him and will sup with him and he with me. This morning, Jesus is gently knocking at the door of our hearts. If a change needs to take place, Now's the time to take care of it. Please open the door and let Jesus come in. Cast your cares on him, for he cares for you. If you need to rededicate your life to Christ, make a commitment that from this day forward that you're going to be an ambassador for Christ, please take care of that this morning. We're waiting and willing to assist you. Would you come as we stand and sing?